Today, we continue in our Spiritually Strong sermon series in which we're examining what it looks like to be spiritually strong in our lives. Another way of saying that in the Bible is becoming holy, to be more like Jesus, to be set apart from the world, to grow into that image, to be restored into the image of God that we've been created in. Uh, Another way to think about it is transformation. God meets us where we are and helps us become something more, helps us become something better. Uh, With God, we can improve ourselves uh, to become more holy, to become more like Jesus. When we do that, it helps us live fuller lives, having more joy and peace and contentment in our lives. With God, we improve ourselves, but we don't have to prove ourselves to God. In our holiness and uh, pursuing that with the help of the Holy Spirit, we're not trying to earn God's love. We're not trying to earn salvation or earn God's forgiveness. God freely offers that to us because God thinks we're priceless. So With God, we improve ourselves. We don't prove ourselves. It's kind of like the difference between a wedding and a marriage. We've entered into this relationship with God, and we're different because of that. We've made a choice to follow Jesus. And now for the rest of our lives, we want to grow in that relationship. And the Holy Spirit is that part of God that, that walks with us and helps us become more like Christ. And so there's a role that God plays, and there's a role that we play. We're not in this by ourselves. Last Sunday, we looked at um, one very important way that we can grow in holiness, that we can grow closer to God, we can grow more spiritually strong, and that is through spending time alone with God in solitude. And so if you missed that, I hope you'll check that, that message out on our website. And if you were here, I hope that you've been practicing some of that solitude over the past week. Well, today we're going to look in the Bible and see uh, another characteristic, another trait that spiritually strong people have, and I can't wait to dive in with you today. You know, during the pandemic, as we've all been kind of suffering from cabin fever and not being able to get out as much as we want to, uh, I found myself just walking and jogging through my neighborhood more than I ever have before. And it's just a good way to get out of the home office and get out and get some fresh air, spend some time with God, get some good exercise. And in the process, I've begun to see lots of neighbors that I might not have seen before. And sometimes I'm walking and running at the same time some of them are. So that's been kind of cool to just begin to see some more of the neighborhood. And as I'm going through the neighborhood, I also notice pretty much everything that's going on. Uh, Who's doing this project or whose yard needs to be mowed? And usually it's mine. But uh, anyway, it's just been good for me to get out. And most recently, uh, I'd say in the past several months, actually, uh, I noticed that two of my neighbors were both putting in in in-ground pools. And how exciting for them. They both uh, have small children. I don't know these neighbors very well, but, you know, well enough to say hey and all that good kind of stuff and putting in in in-ground pools. And uh, that's something that Laura and I don't really have on our list of to-do things. It's not really on our bucket list. We're grateful we have a community pool, and we enjoy that. Had a lot of good memories there with the boys. Uh, This year, they haven't really wanted to go to the pool as much, and it's been limited, obviously, because of COVID. Uh, But the desire just hasn't been there. And so that's, you know, not something on the top of our list. It'd be great to have a pool. And I know some of you have pools and have been generous to let us come swim in those. And we've had you know, the student ministry over and we've done baptism in pools. So it's, it's really fun and all that good stuff. Uh, just again, not on our list of, of priorities right now to build a pool. And so, you know, you'd think that I'd be super happy for my neighbors. But then there's that sin that is inside of me and clings to me. And I think it brought out a little bit of jealousy and a little envy to see, wow, well, they can afford to have a pool right now. And you know, I've had thoughts that aren't really Christian and, you know, kind of like, wow, it's in the middle of a pandemic and there are a lot of people that have been laid off or unemployed and 
know, is this really the best time to be investing in an in-ground pool for your family? Like, ouch. Like, where did that judgment come from inside of me? That unfair judgment. I, I don't I have no idea, you know, what's going on in, inside of their lives or their hearts. And so I think it just reminds us that sometimes it's just really hard to be happy for people. It's hard to be happy when good things happen to other people because it's just, there's so much brokenness inside of us that, that won't let us be happy for others. Have you ever encountered that? Someone you know uh, that you like or don't like? Uh, sometimes it doesn't really matter. When something good happens in their life, you just can't be really happy for them. You might be so on the surface and pretend like you're happy for them, but deep down within, right, we're not happy. We're, we're, we're envious or we're, or we're jealous. You know, why is it that we cannot be happy for people in our lives who have good things happen to them? Why is that? That's what we're going to wrestle with today as we think about what it means to be spiritually strong. Shouldn't we feel better and be more joyful for the people in our lives who have good things happening to them, and why aren't we? Well, I, I think part of that is uh, what I said earlier, just envy and jealousy. A lot of times we play the comparison game with people in our lives, and we judge our worth, uh, you know, our ego and our, our self-worth by how we compare to other people. I, I know just, you know, growing up in my life, a lot of times, like someone else was better at me at sports and I'd say in my, in my own mind, well, I'm better at them than with my grades. Or if someone made better grades than me, then I can say, well, I'm probably better than them at sports. You know, that kind of stuff. And so I think we continue to compare ourselves to people. And so there's a lot of envy and there's just a lot of jealousy. And the Bible warns against that because that's just a bad road to go down and it's not going to end up in anyone feeling happy. I think sometimes it's just self-pity. And it's like, it's not fair that something's good happening to them. Why isn't something good happening to me, right? It's just not fair. And so it's hard for us to be happy for others. And then sometimes I think when we see good things happening to other people, it just makes us feel less successful. It makes us feel less worthy. Like I can't afford to do that, or I'm not smart enough to do that. I'm not good enough to be able to do that. You know, when someone you know, gets a promotion or someone's getting married or someone is getting ready to have a baby or someone, you know, got in the school of their choice or they're making better grades. They come home with a brand new loaded SUV, you know, all the bells and whistles. And it's those times in our lives where we should be grateful for what's happening in other people's lives. But if those are the things that we want in our own lives and, and we're not getting those, like, I'd love for to be happy that they're getting married, but why haven't I gotten married? Why haven't I met Mr. or Ms. Ryder? Yeah, they got a great scholarship to the school of their choice, but I couldn't even get in there. And so when others are happy and we see things that we don't have, that really makes it even harder for us to be happy for others. But is that a spiritually strong kind of response to the world? Probably not. So if you have a hard time being happy for others and you'd like to be happy for others, then that's what we're talking about today. And we're going to be going into the New Testament we're going to look at some scripture that a man named Paul wrote in the first century. Paul was a Christian pastor uh, in the Mediterranean world. He started a lot of churches, and then he would write them letters to give them advice, support, encouragement, and a lot of those letters now make up the New Testament. And so today we're going to read from Paul's letter to the church in Rome, the letter to the Romans. And this is what Paul has to teach us today about being spiritually strong. Romans chapter 12, verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn. Be sad with those who are sad. Now, 
it's probably easier for us to mourn with those who mourn. Our hearts go out. You know, we don't want anyone to be upset or sad. And so we see that and, and it, it's easier because uh, they're not doing something better than we are. Uh, we truly have genuine emotion when someone's hurting in our lives. So I think the mourn with those who mourn probably comes a little bit easier for all of us. But then the rejoice with those who rejoice is what we've been talking about today. It's really hard to do that sometimes in our lives, even though God wants us to. And so to rejoice means to feel or to show great joy or delight. To feel or to show great joy or delight. Now, sometimes we'll be able to show great joy and great delight, and we also feel that. But a lot of times we might be able to show great joy and delight, but we don't really feel it down inside of our hearts. Because again, we're envious, we're jealous, we don't think we're successful. Whatever it is, our insecurities, we think it's unfair. Sometimes it's just really hard to rejoice with those who rejoice. And yet Paul says that that is something that is important for us to be thinking about. Now, I don't think Paul is saying that we should rejoice with those who are rejoicing if they're happy about something that comes from criminal activity or from sinful activity. You know, we're not supposed to say, hey, you're the best embezzler in all of Charlotte. Way to go. Congratulations. That's not what Paul's talking about. I think Paul's talking about the good things in life that we should rejoice over and we should be grateful that are happening to our friends and family. And, and sometimes it's hard for us to to be happy for people who are close to us. Think about siblings, right? Brothers and sisters, brothers and brothers, sisters and sisters, right? Some of the people we're supposed to be the closest to are the ones that we really cannot be happy for. So let's think about what it looks like in our lives to rejoice with those who rejoice, to show uh, and to feel a great joy and great delight for the people in our lives uh, that are having good things happening to them. Now, what I think that really means is that we simply celebrate with others. We celebrate with others and we say, way to go, that's awesome. You know, whether that's a phone call, whether it's a text message, where it's, hey, let's go out to eat, I'm gonna take you out to eat, I'm so excited for what's going on in your life. You know, put balloons in their yard, whatever it is that we wanna celebrate with others to, to, to show great delight, to show great joy, uh, to feel that inside of our hearts. And so, if we can't feel that in our hearts, maybe the best place to start is outwardly, to show it. We might not be super excited, but let's at least make an effort. Make the phone call. Reach out. Send the text. Invite them over for dinner. Send them flowers, whatever it is, to say, wow, something's great happening in your life, uh, and I just, I just want to celebrate that with you. And I think we just have to ask God, too. Say, God, I'm doing my best. I'm trying to show this outwardly. And I need you, God, to help me also feel it in my heart. I want this to be genuine. Uh, I don't want it just to be fake, but if I got to start somewhere, at least let me show something outwardly. And God, I want you to help my heart to follow behind that. Right? We, we just need to ask God, right? Remember, we talked about this whole series that we can't do this on our own. We have to lean on God's strength. We have to rest in the Lord. And so, God, I'm going to do my best with my outward actions. And I need you, God, to work on my inward feelings and thoughts to be able to match that. And so celebrate with others. I think another thing that's going on here uh, is a little bit fear-based. And, and here's what I, I think is going on. I think when another person has joy, that doesn't cancel out your joy. Right? Another person experiencing joy doesn't cancel out your joy. It doesn't cancel out my joy. There's enough joy and good things to go around for everybody. 
And I think it probably depends on our our viewpoint of joy. Is it a is joy something that's abundant in the world that that we see lots of goodness, we see God's blessings all over the place, and that someone might have different types of joy and blessing than I do, but that I can look in my life and see that God's doing some pretty cool things as well. Uh, and so I, I think that that's a lesson we need to think about. Do we, we have an abundant kind of uh, viewpoint of joy, or is it more of a scarcity kind of mentality that wow? Uh, there's just not enough joy to go around. And so if they've got this good stuff happening, that's going to take away something from me in my own life. And so in your own life, do you see an abundance of joy and goodness or do you see uh, a lack of that and, and scarcity? So sometimes it's just maybe good for us to stop and think, what is God doing in my life? What are some of the good things that God has brought to me in my life? And we can look around and some of those might be you know, material things, most of us watching today probably live in America, and I know it's a hard time right now. It's still a great place to live in a great country, and I'd say for most of us, we have clothes, we have food, we have friends, we have somewhere to live. Now, that's not everybody. Absolutely not everybody, but most of us, our basic necessities are met, and, and many people around the world don't have that. And so when we stop and consider all the great things that are in our lives, our list is probably going to be longer than we think it's going to be. And so maybe that's a place for us to start. And then, you know, there's the spiritual things that are going on. To know that the God of the universe has created us in God's image and has great plans for our lives and loves us so much that God died on a cross and came back to life so that we can be forgiven. That all the guilt and shame that weigh us down, that God can take that from us and replace it with joy and with peace and give us lives to the full while we live on the earth and forever in the kingdom of heaven. And and so you think about that, you know, we can become children of God when we follow Jesus, that God loves us that much. That in itself is just amazing, right? The God of the universe knows our name, created us in God's image, has great plans for us, wants to give us life to the full now and forever, that we can be in a relationship with this God, the one and only God. I mean, that is enough to get us all excited about. And so maybe that's where we need to start, is that we need to rediscover the good things that are happening in our lives. Because I found that when I am looking at God's blessings and I'm able to, to be grateful for that, it's so much easier for me to be glad for my friends and family and, and even strangers when good things happen to them because I don't feel that I'm getting robbed, right? There's enough joy to go around. I've got a lot of good things to celebrate. Why shouldn't I celebrate what's happening in their life? And so maybe that's a place for us to start. If we have a hard time being excited and happy for other people in their lives, Let's look at what's good in our life and celebrate that. And I think that opens up the floodgates to being able to be happy for what God's doing in other people's lives. Uh, again, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. And you know, if we think about celebrating with other people the good things happening in their lives, we also have to remember the other side of that verse. Mourn with those who mourn. You know, For every good thing that's happening in someone's life, there's something else in their life that's broken. I think there's, in, in all of our lives, there's stuff that's good and that we should be grateful for and joy-filled. And, and then there's, there's something in everyone's life that's broken, that's hurtful, that's bringing us down. And so when we're celebrating a moment of joy with someone else, that might be the only thing going on in their life right now that's good. There could be 10 other things in life that's just dragging them down that we don't know about. So I don't think it's by mistake that this verse says rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. So when we rejoice in those good moments with others, we've got to remember in the back of our minds, just like in our own lives, there's something good going on. There's also probably something that's heartbreaking or broken going on. So 
that also kind of gives it perspective. That This might be the, the one thing that, that's going right in their life. Let's celebrate that with them. So I think that's a little bit about what Paul's talking about. Also, just reading some of the biblical commentary about this verse in Romans, uh, I think, you know, Paul obviously wants us to rejoice with those who rejoice, uh, whoever they are, whether they're followers of Jesus, not followers of Jesus. You know, we just, we want to rejoice with those who are rejoicing for the right reasons. But a lot of commentators, at least the ones that I've read, think that Paul also is really kind of focusing here uh, on, on Christians as well, encouraging Christians to rejoice for one another. And uh, the reason that a lot of scholars think this is that we find some of this thought also in Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth, the first Corinthians book in the Bible, where Paul is talking about the church and how it's like the uh, a body. And like each of us makes up a part of the body. Some of us are the arms, some of us are the feet, some of us are the eyes. We each bring something to the church that someone else doesn't have. And so together we're stronger than by ourselves. Together we build up the body of Christ in the world in ways that we can't do by ourselves. And so this verse comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26, and it's very close uh, in spirit, if not exact wording, with the passage in Romans that we've read. So let me read this to you. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. It's kind of like mourn with those who mourn. If one part of the body of Christ suffers, then every other part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So if someone in our church is hurting, who's sick or lost a job, we all suffer that because we care for each other. We all make up the body of Christ. And so if if one part suffers, if, if the arm suffers, the other arm's going to feel that pain. And so right, we see where Paul's going with this. And if, if one part does well, then that's good for the body. It builds up the body. If someone got a promotion or if someone uh, is going to have a baby, if someone's getting married, right, that's, that's good for the whole church family. And we should celebrate that. And so I think that, that Paul is, you know, when you put Corinthians, 1 Corinthians and Romans together, Paul is encouraging followers of Jesus that we really should Rejoice for anyone who rejoices, but especially for our brothers and sisters in Christ, because we are making up the body together. If something good happens for one of us, it happens for all of us. Maybe one example to think about this uh, is uh, Pastor Lindsay. I'm so excited Pastor Lindsay's on our staff and that God called her and her family to serve here at South Park Church. And it's just a joy to serve with her. And she's so talented and gifted by God and just making a huge difference in our community, in our church. And one of the ways that she does that is when she preaches the, the Word of God. It's always powerful. It's always transforming. I look forward to when she has opportunities to do that. We try to create as many of those opportunities as we can. And, and Lindsay just brings it. She brings the power of the Holy Spirit, and, and it helps people, and it's awesome to see that. And so when she does well, the body of South Park Church does well, and the kingdom of God does well. It reaches people in the name of Jesus. Now, the human, selfish side of me uh, you know, could be tempted to say one time if, you know, Lindsay's preaching and uh, she gets like 20 more positive comments than I got in the sermon that I preached the week before, right? If, if we're not spiritually strong, right, that's something that could divide me and Lindsay, right? But, but that's not what happens, right? When I see Lindsay getting all these great responses and people responding to that, 
I'm excited for Lindsay. I'm excited for our church. I'm excited for our community because when, when God speaks through Lindsay, it's a win for the kingdom. It's a win for our congregation. It's a win for South Park. It's a win for whoever's listening to that. And so I'm a huge fan of Pastor Lindsay. And I just, I'm so excited that she is on the team and we can do this together. Do you see what I'm saying? Because you know, some, some Sundays our choir sings beautiful uh, songs together and they're all there. And then some Sundays it's, you know, a soloist. It's Nanya or Ruby and just doing amazing things. And I, I just picture in my mind the rest of the choir just saying, that's so awesome. I'm glad that, that God's able to use them through the solo today and that we're on the same team. And when, when good things happen, then we should rejoice for those who rejoice. So do you see how that works? Do you see the, the temptation that we could go down the human side and compare ourselves and try to divide ourselves? Or, or we could say when something good happens through one person, it's good for all of us. And I think that's what Paul's saying to us. And that's why we rejoice with those who rejoice. Because when good things happen to, to one of us in the body of Christ, it happens to all of us. Uh, when someone is hurting in the body of Christ, it, it happens to all of us. And, and if you're out there and, and you don't feel like you're connected to anyone, have many friends or family, and, and you just feel alone, then we would love for you to be part of our congregation. If you're hurting, we want to hurt with you. If you're rejoicing, we want to rejoice with you. And so there's a place in our congregation where you can find uh, a spot for you that you can be a part of our family. And so just reach out to us and let us know how we might be able to connect you into this family of God where we truly rejoice for one another. So what? Uh, what's the point? What's the big idea today? What, what's the takeaway? I think Paul says it pretty clearly in Romans. I think he says it clearly that spiritually strong people rejoice with those who rejoice. Spiritually strong people rejoice with those who rejoice, that we feel and we show great joy and delight when our brothers and sisters uh, in the faith or even people outside the faith experience good things that God has brought into their lives. We demonstrate that joy. We demonstrate that delight. And, and if we're not able to feel that in our hearts, that we ask the Holy Spirit to help us do that. And so what I would like to invite you to do is to consider doing two things this week. To become spiritually strong, we have to kind of work out. You want to have big muscles and all that kind of stuff, you have to work out, right? And so we need to work on our spiritual muscles, and, and the Holy Spirit's going to help us do that, right? The Holy Spirit does some heavy lifting. But here are two things that I would invite you to do this week to to grow in your spiritual strength in the area of rejoicing with those who rejoice. And the first is simply to celebrate someone this week, right? Celebrate someone this week, someone in your life, someone, maybe it's your neighbor, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a friend, but something that's going on in their life, celebrate that, right? Give them their moment, right? Give them a call, drop by and give them a gift, text message them, you know, take them out to eat, social distancing, all the kind of, you know, proper COVID behavior, that kind of stuff. But celebrate them and let them know that you are excited and happy for how God is working in their life. Whatever the good things are happening in your life, celebrate someone this week. Rejoice with those who rejoice. And the second thing I'd like to invite you to consider is to celebrate the things that God is doing in your life. To celebrate the things that God is doing in your life. They are worth celebrating as well. And so how's God blessing you in relationships? How, how's God working through your work life or your school life or uh, whatever's going on in your life? Where is God at work? If you need some help figuring out that, you know, reach out to us. We'll try to help you figure that out as well. But celebrate someone this week and also celebrate what God is doing in your life this week. And I think when we do that, we invite God to help us, 
that our feelings can match our outward uh, expressions of delight and joy. And so those are two things, you know, ways we can, you know, lift some weights, some spiritual weights this week is to do those two things. Now, recently, my wife, Laura, and I uh, were taking one of our walks through the neighborhood and we were talking about some of the stress of the week because it's good, you know, to talk to someone and get that stuff out. And, uh, and we were also talking about the good things that are happening in our lives. And, and some of the stressful things are good things. It's just, you know, logistics can be challenging sometimes. But we just were having a great conversation. Just talking about how God's at work in our lives. We have each other, our, our boys, our family, his friends, church, you know, this great calling to ministry, looking forward to moving into the new campus. And you just so much stuff when you stop and you start making a list of the things that, that we can be grateful for and joyful for in our lives. And as we were walking, uh, we walked by one of the houses that has the new in-ground pool and uh, it just been completed. And you can't really see back behind it too much because there's a fence around it. But we could hear a bunch of splashing going on, a bunch of little kids just giggling. Saw some really big floats that were sticking up over the fence. And I think this is one of the first times that this, these new neighbors have used their pool and we were walking by that. And just instinctively, I found myself looking over there, smiling and just feeling this great feeling of delight as I imagine those kids and their parents back there just having a great time together in the midst of this stressful time in our world and this pandemic, just escaping a moment by themselves. And I finally had a moment where I could truly feel joy for them. And I think part of that was the joy that I felt for my life, the joy that God's bringing into our lives. And it was cool to see that my spiritual muscles had grown at least a little bit. And so I, I think that you can spiritually strong people rejoice with those who rejoice so celebrate someone this week and celebrate what god is doing in your life this week because i know that there's something in your life that you can be joyful for as well celebrate someone this week celebrate what god is doing in your life this week in the name of the father son and holy spirit amen